All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to another show, Liwala show, and uh, this is the weekly roll-up. So today I'm joined by Emmanuel, and we just want to discuss uh, the the trending topics in the world of crypto and Web3. Yeah, so let's get straight to it. But before that, uh, remember to follow Liwala show at Liwala underscore show. Yeah, number one, Binance, the biggest exchange probably on Earth. Uh, Binance gets green light to operate exchange in Thailand. Emmanuel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I hear you clearly. I hear you clearly, brother. Okay, on my side, what I can say, a brief introduction of who I am. I'm Emmanuel Moguna, and um currently on a freelance mode, working as a crypto and a blockchain enthusiast who's pitching out these this new norm to everyone and i'm here to discuss all this great news that will impact the crypto space with a positive impact because it shows that the adoption that you're expecting to be rapidly on a high rise is coming in heavily because for one people are getting enlightened and for two uh, the Web3 space is gaining momentum. Now, on our main topic of the day, the first topic, Binance gaining a uh, license to operate in Thailand. Now, this comes in, in handy with the aspect of US having regulatory framework for the crypto and blockchain spaces. And on the other hand, China is trying to embrace this new norm. Okay, the Asian countries are trying to embrace this blockchain technology because they see it as the future of the web. Now you're transitioning from the uh, web two to web three. Now Binance being the largest global exchange of the crypto space, gaining a license to have this operation in Thailand. This is a big, big, big move for the crypto space. And that being said, uh, they have collaborated with uh, Gov Energy. I know everyone here knows of the Gov Energy. Uh, it's a, let's say like a company, an oil company that is based in the Asian countries. Now the Gov Binance, under the Gov Binance name, this collaboration is here to foresee the mass adoption of the crypto space and everyone should embrace it. Now with this, last month we had uh, Binance gaining access to Japan. Now this month we have Binance gaining access to Thailand. Now what's next? <laughs> Let's see, because on the other hand, we can see uh, Hong Kong has printed out a white paper to embrace uh, Web3 innovations. That's among us the highlights that we have for you today. Now, with these sentiments, I can see that this crypto space is gaining very, very huge, huge, huge momentum than we expected. Remember, China, back in 2021, China was saying that we need to keep off this crypto space because they had no regulatory framework. But now, in 2023, you can see them embracing this new norm. What does that tell you? That's a question to everyone. <laughs> uh, that's a question to everyone. But now we have these Binance in Thailand. 
with an access of six point uh, six point seven eight percent of the population having uh, an access to the crypto space, and uh, of these six point seven eight percent, it is speculated that each one of them has a crypto asset. So uh, with that adoption in the small country and with a population of at around 4.3 million people, yeah, it's workable, it's workable. Now let's see what Binance has next for us. Yeah, and uh, um, this follows a long year effort for Binance to reestablish a foothold in the country after being booted out of operations without a license. Um, uh, there are some complaints from Thailand security regulations. And now this is also the first license Binance has secured across the region. Now, um, this means that Binance has finally locked down a digital asset license in Southeast Asia. And um, this, this is really good for, for crypto and blockchain adoption because Asia is usually a really big market. And uh, I think this is a really huge step, not just for, for Binance users, but also for the future people who who now want to who are probably skeptical of crypto because of regulations yeah 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 i can say that i can like back you up on that portion because right now what you're experiencing is that we have many many uh people trying to chip into this space what is it all about and they're trying to learn so with these kind of numbers of these investors who are trying to see what are we having in this space what do we have to put in and what are the results so these governments are trying to push for regulatory framework of which we need it for the security of investors but on the other hand we've got some dark side of it i can't say like a dark side but we've got like blind spots yeah we've got like blind spots so these brain spots we need to be on the light side <laughs> i can say like quote unquote light side of it because one if you don't know of how the blockchain works you can know what regulatory framework that these people are trying to implement and put into place for us to have it in the system but if you do know how this blockchain technology works for one it gives you the uh, permission of being decentralized second you have no like uh max cap for you to transact if you're being like fully decentralized you can transact whatever amount at a lesser fee not like the traditional banking system but with that being said just this is just a tip of the iceberg now if you're trying to know of how this blockchain or this crypto space works, please, please, DYOR, and that's why we are here to enlighten you. DYOR podcast is here to teach you and show you the what are the happenings, and then you, as a listener, you have to do your own research and know how this technology works. Yeah, um, the majority of the time you're encouraged to, to, to do your own research. Um, let, let, let's move on to a certain early exciting uh, development it's official the nft ticketing program in partnership with polygon element barry 
and Platinum Group will be launched for the first time at the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix. So, Polygon NFT ticketing program launched for the first time at the Formula One Grand Prix. Um, everyone who has been wondering about NFTs and probably uh, don't know the importance of NFTs now, this is uh, like a real world use case and uh, it has been launched on Polygon. So, Polygon is a layer 2 protocol and uh, it uses rollups, rollups uh, where several transactions are, are, are rolled up just like the suggests rolled up and then they will be uh, executed together. So, what this does is it reduces a uh, transaction cost. So those people who are usually worried about uh, gas fees and stuff, Polygon solves this. And um, let's talk about NFT ticketing program being rolled out on Polygon because this also means that it will be kind of affordable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can back you up on that because let's say what is the essence of being non-fungible? You have this uh, the aspect of one, you've got like traceability. Two, you've got the uh, advantage of not being. Uh, how can you face it? You, you cannot. Yeah, you cannot duplicate. Yeah. yeah, you cannot duplicate it. Then the third, it gives you uh, like low benefits because for one, if this digital art is on the blockchain, once it is minted we cannot have another copy of it so you as the law owner of it you've got the law benefits of attending such events like the grand prix which we had for the uh 26 to 28th of this month it it ended like yesterday now for these uh running on polygon <laughs> these are good good move because if you have stacked up the matic you know, Matic is the token on Polygon. No financial uh, the, advices. <laughs> uh, it's not a financial advice, you know. <laughs> it's never financial advice. But if you stack up these Matic, currently, uh, I can't say of the value. I can't. I can't say of the actual figure. I, can, I don't have it in the mind of the actual figure. But if you can stack up and remember, I can repeat this. Remember, it's not a financial advice. So Polygon having this uh, access to providing non-fungible tickets to the uh, Grand Prix lovers and it being tested out in real real world case uh, now, there is no way you can say that NFT was a bubble. No, it was never a bubble. It was first being tried out. Then we have the real world case and now you have to embrace it. Yeah, let me just quote some of the organizers, some of the statements regarding the new NFT tickets partnership with Polygon and see how even the organizers are so excited. So, Ulvit Goel, the vice president and head of global business development at Polygon Labs, said the following, and I quote him, working alongside Element, Barry and Platinum Group will reinvent the Formula One ticketing experience. So the ticketing platform combines the robust security of Ethereum with the counterfeit 
prove uniqueness of NFTs to enhance ticket authenticity and prevent counterfeit while providing fans with lasting digital memories. It's extremely encouraging to see major events recognizing the benefits that NFT tickets and blockchain technology can offer. Nathan is a VP, uh, head of global business dev at Polygon. So he, he has reiterated that um, NFTs uh, helps in counterfeit proofing of tickets and even lasting digital memories because now Hey, I once attended an NFT, I mean, I once attended a Formula One stuff, and my, here is my proof, this is my NFT, and it's forever embedded on the blockchain. Then, um, Henrik, Jacques Henry, CEO of Element, uh, he says, Web3 technologies make it possible to design ticketing solutions that are safer and more suited to the specificity of each event. The experience becomes more personalized and enjoyable for fans all types of sports competitions. Application developing elements three tech will completely transform fan experience and relationship with sport events for years to come. So he has um he has seen future in it is then uh, just the last one the founder of Barry Elizabeth says we are trying to present a revolutionary breakthrough in in sports this solution developed for 2023 Monaco Grand Prix by collaborating with the organizers of the legendary event and element we have been able to offer a secure transparent ticketing solution and immersive that will pave the way for many others yeah so uh, just like you've heard uh, what the NFTs will offer is a transparent secure ticketing solution yep yep and with that it will prevent the issuance of counterfeit tickets and prevent the resale of tickets in the black market as we know uh, in the like the traditional way of doing things, let's say like the financial systems, like we have the banks, you can counterfeit the receipts, you know. And now we have these tickets, you can counterfeit the tickets very easily, as long as you have the required uh, elements for you to do this, like this counterfeit. But with these non-fungible tokens being embedded in the blockchain, now we have the access of one you got the power of traceability you got the power of not being uh duplicated then you have the advantage of you as the user having the uh, access of future events with the same same uh let's say let's say like for this this event this event we had the event on this weekend then the next event which you have once you've been issued with the uh non-fungible token because once it is issued it is embedded on the blockchain now you can show it to the uh event planners show that you are one loyal and esteemed fan of the grand prix 
not like the other one, the paper one, which can be lost. You cannot show that you are fan of it. Then you need a new one. You know, these are some of the advantages that this blockchain technology brings along uh, with this uh, new, 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 new Web3 technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can read more on this on the Cryptonomist column. Uh, uh, that news was got a Cryptonomist column. So yeah, let, let's move on to, to the next developing news uh, that happened last week. Where Microsoft and Visa joined forces in Brazil, CBDC pilot initiative. So, yeah, what's CBDC first of all? CBDC. Yeah, uh, a CBDC, these are centralized based digital currency. Uh, it's like a form of cryptocurrency, but uh, what the CBDC does, it is government driven. So being central central based digital currency, it's under the central bank, but it is a digital asset running on the blockchain. So the Brazilian bank having joined uh, arms with the Microsoft and big, big tech players to have a CBDC piloting uh, initiative to have this digital currency for their own jurisdiction. Now, that's a great move. But on the other hand, we, the Bitcoin Maxis, say that we are not here for the radar of any central authority, but we need the freedom that this blockchain technology comes along with it because for one cbdc yes we need the regulatory framework for these uh, digital currencies but on the bright side of it it brings uh the advantage of having no need of the paper assets everything will be digitally you need only a like a digital wallet that's the advantage of it now, back to the main topic of today, CBDC piloting. Uh, the B- Brazilian bank, uh, under the name of, uh, sorry, it has it has 36 bids. Out of the 36 bids, we have only 14 participants who are selected. And among the 14 participants, we have the big tech companies like Microsoft. And uh, we have the example of... Uh, Yes, we have Microsoft, then we have, uh, who was the other one, sorry. We have the Banco Central de Brazil, the Central National Bank. Yeah, yeah. Banco Inter, Banco Central de Brazil. And, uh, who are, they are piloting this CBDC thing. Yeah. So, if we, if we, we have this CBDC project, in the Western countries, then we have the CBDC project in Asian countries. Then in Africa, we had the Zimbabwean government and we had the Central African Republic embracing blockchain. Then we have Nigeria having the digital in either. Now, okay, okay, this is something that you can say uh, we need to embrace it early enough because we need to move along with it. Blockchain technology is here to stay. 
Yeah, and uh, they're also saying uh, this up it started in 2022, where the Brazilian CBDC pilot was officially announced, unveiling the plan to create a digital rail pilot. So this digital currency will be pegged to the national fiat currency, the real ensuring a stable value. Uh, to maintain control and manage its supply, the, the digital real will be gradually limited over time, resulting in a fixed and limited issuance of the currency. So they, they're just borrowing uh, blockchain tech. But um, the Marxists are usually kind of CBDC because uh, I guess the, the real goal of, of the guy who we don't know it's whether it's a guy or an entity, Satoshi Nakamoto was true decentralization where you give back the power to the people. Now, CBDC, just from even the, the, the definition, central bank digital currency kind of uh, is uh, centralized because now, they, yes, they're issuing it, they're issuing digital currencies, but now, and using the blockchain tech, but there's still kind of a, a authority in control. Um, I guess it's it's a it's a good innovation, yes. Uh, however, it's kind of also still retaining that aspect of of, of centralization. But it will be overly good for people to now start. It will help people to start realizing the the importance of, of, of blockchain. And uh, just to uh, close on, on this uh, topic of CBDCs and visa in Brazil. So on May 24, the central bank unveiled a conclusive roster for of participants of this CBDC pilot following an extensive evaluation process. And out of the 36 bid received, uh, and a total of 14 participants were selected, just like Emmanuel has, has talked about. So, yeah, let's just wait and see how this one rolls out. Yeah, and recently we can see of that. Uh, the collaboration between uh, Binance and Mastercard resulted in the introduction of a prepaid crypto card in Brazil earlier this year, where in March, Coinbase forged the partnership with local payment providers, enabling the users to purchase the cryptocurrencies and facilitating deposits and withdrawals in the local currency in the Brazilian jurisdiction. Now, with that being in the face of uh, many many people now where do you go where do you opt to do you go the cbdc way or do you go the central exchange way where binance gives you the access of getting a digital asset that is off the radar of the government like the bitcoin or will you go for the centralized based digital currency That's not where the government is yeah that's not upon uh, upon anyone individually. Let, let's move on to to Dubai. Let's see what's happening over there in Dubai. 
So Dubai Watchdog sounds the alarm on crypto regulatory plan blind spots. Uh, let's see, and um, this one is courtesy of Bitcoin.com. Yeah, yeah, let's sure. See what Dubai Watchdog is talking about. Yeah, like I stated it earlier, we we've got some blind spots on this regulatory framework, but if you do know the uh, true aspect of the blockchain technology, you can say that we need this uh, decentralized fact of it. But on the other hand, we need some regulatory framework. But that being added, we need some transparency in it. You know, so what the watchdog uh, in Dubai is stating is that now, yes, we've put some regulatory framework, but it's not enough for us to have this mainstream acceptance and adoption of this blockchain technology. Now, what the D Dubai Financial Services Authority is saying is that it needs more and more framework, more regulatory framework, so that it can uh, embrace this technology and have the, how can I frame it? Uh, it, it needs this uh, regulatory framework for the people and the investors to be comfortable to invest in these digital assets because for one if you you know the rug pulls that do happen in the crypto space you know of the buy and dump yeah you know of the hype behind these projects now then again is this backdrop where many people are so skeptical of joining this space because we got no like legal framework that is partitioning this space or we got like no 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 framework that is being put in place and it is being stamped in many countries apart from let's say like dubai they have embraced this technology since 2019 so what they are approaching the how they're approaching this space they are trying to urge many people and many jurisdictions to come up with a clear and transparent way to regulate this uh space because if this space is not well regulated many investors will lose their hard-earned credibility and hard -earned money yeah, so from oil to crypto, Dubai is uh, emerging as a growing hub for the crypto industry with several initiatives to promote the adoption and development of crypto and blockchain. Uh, the city also has significantly invested in developing its fintech ecosystem, mostly focusing on the crypto industry. So even the Dubai government has supported the financial industry itself initiatives to attract related investments in the city um there is the dmcc crypto center this one now is regulated environment for trading in digital assets and uh, the dubai government has also launched dubai blockchain strategy uh which aims to position the city as a global leader in developing blockchain tech. So, 
So this is all for our financial freezer in the city. It's called the Dubai International Financial Center. And it has also promoted development of crypto and blockchain tech. So the Dubai International Financial Center has launched several initiatives to support fintech and blockchain companies, including the Fintech Hive, where it's a co-working space for fintech startups, the Dubai International Financial Center Academy, which offers training and educational programs. So there's a lot, there's a lot happening in Dubai, mostly focusing on fintech and crypto. So yeah, they are kind of moving, not moving, but they are also incorporating crypto, apart from being well known on oil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, true. And that being said, we know that the Asian countries or the east eastern side of the globe, they are trying to have this uh, blockchain hub on their side, and they are trying to have it firsthand. Now, with Dubai pushing for the transparency in regulatory framework, and now China providing uh, blockchain and crypto spaces in their own jurisdiction taking back the awards which they had stated back in 2021 of <laughs> we cannot have the cryptocurrencies being traded in our own jurisdiction but now they are embracing the blockchain technology now these are shift in the pendulum the west are having regulatory framework which we don't know as of now if it has been reinstated or is it has been implied but in the eastern side of the globe we can see dubai china thailand japan they're trying to have it first hand now that tells you a lot that tells you a lot yeah, let's look at uh crypto header so there's a crypto header uh -huh. Peter Schiff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dropping uh, Bitcoin ordinals and T art collection. So it's kind of a should I call it paradoxical. So, so despite him hating on crypto for years and calling NFTs worthless and easy to duplicate two years ago, Peter Schiff is set to release an NFT art collection on Bitcoin. So you can see even haters are being are now turning into what fans do you call them fans it's kind <laughs> yeah. of a parody uh -huh. uh, because <laughs> he, two years ago he was very skeptical about uh, crypto and stuff but now he has uh, unveiled a collaborative nft and fungible token art collection on the bitcoin network that will soon go up for auction so yeah, the reaction from the crypto community has been mixed with people generally baffled. I'm equally baffled. But some are also welcoming, uh, especially original proponents. With some keen to point out the apparent hypocrisy. Yep. Yep. Now you know you know of the notion that we the Bitcoin Marxists say that if you're embracing this, go it a hundred. But 
Okay, let's see what he has for us in this NFT collection. So, just on a light note, ordinals are a new technology in, in, in the Bitcoin network. See, like, uh, before, uh, Bitcoin was not, uh, let me say, it was not really scalable. Unlike it and other alts where you can do so much innovation. So, so let us, lately there has been something called Bitcoin Ordinals where now Bitcoin can also be scalable. Uh, this is a, a really wide topic that uh, I guess we will do a segment on, on Ordinals so that the listeners will get to understand what, what this means, what this means in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah, true, true. And again, read of his quote that he quoted back in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, these, were his, these are the words that he posted up in his post. He said the following, um, I'm pleased to announce that, I'm pleased to announce of an art project with one of my favorite artists. Chat, sorry, sorry, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, back in 2021, Peter Shield described NFTs as fake assets that offer nothing other than ownership of a digital image that can be replicated endlessly online. But even as the owner of the image, you won't be able to control the access to it. The file has been copied thousands of times. So anyone with an access to the internet can look at it as much as you, he wrote back in 2021. But now back here, here, here currently in 2023, with the change of his own sentiments, it shows that he has a similar vein in the formal that we, we the blockchain enthusiasts, we have been seeing the truth, we have been having the green light in this, and now we are seeing the real world case of NFTs being used. And we have stated of it earlier of Grand Prix in Monaco. Then we have him having an NFT ordinal collection. Yeah, that, that's what happens when when you do your research and you realize what blockchain technologies is, is, is doing to, to us, rather what it is offering. Um, US dollar dumping has started in both words and actions. As BRICS nations join forces, says Russia's top diplomat. Yeah. Uh, how is this related to blockchain? Let me see how you started dumping. Oh, this no. is stated by the Russia's top diplomat. The foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, says de-dollarization is already underway due to the U.S. government's rhetoric and policies. So, he says countries within the BRICS alliance the economic coalition of Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa are actively plotting a path forward without the US dollar. So, Lavrov is an Russian official. Since before the collapse of the Soviet Union, since the next BRICS gathering in August will focus on how the Alliance Development Bank can defend itself from potential US 
Yeah, true. Now, what I can say about this is that we all know if one of the majorly transacted currencies globally is having a downfall, then where will the majority of the population rush to? Now, if we have this global cryptocurrency and blockchain mass adoption, many people are having to learn of this new technology. We have these uh, digital assets that are stable. You have the form of USDT. We have the form of uh, USDC, right? Now, you can have it because it is pegged one-on-one. -on -one. And having been pegged one-on-one, -on -one, you can have the uh, assurance of your own asset not devaluating. But if we have this uh, fiat currency, this paper money, it is losing value by the day. And many jurisdictions are rushing away from this uh, dollar, dollar thing that you have to transact on it on any transaction that you're doing outside your jurisdiction. Now, let's take the example of back here in our own country. If you want to buy any commodity outside your own jurisdiction, you have to pay $10. And we know of the rates that you have back here. You can see if you can do it under the blockchain, it will be of less fees and it will be of um, quicker quicker transactions because on the blockchain you have quick transactions because they do run on the cloud network. This cloud network is way seamless and way faster other than waiting on the transaction approval of the banks which can take even days or even months according to the amount that you're wishing to transact. So on that note, I can say that with this backlash on this de-dollarization or this uh, many gestation rushing away from this dollar thing, this dollar uh, monetary that you have to do or you have to deal with it for you to be able to transact. That's a good notion that we have to accept, we as the cryptocurrency and blockchain enthusiasts. And we have to push for it because Yes, we cannot say it will be like instant for the transition, but it will take time and we have to move along with it. Yeah, so um, that's on the, on the US and the BRICS. I guess that one cannot talk about uh, the movement of, of uh, Maybe the crypto, maybe people will feel it's more secure now to hold BTC, so people might move into BTC and stuff like that. Um, let's let's move on to Beijing. Beijing have released a white paper for innovation and development. So Beijing is in China. Uh, yeah. I don't know how China sometimes were so much against Bitcoin mining. They even destroyed most of the miners. But now suddenly they're releasing a white paper for innovation and development. So I think they're kind of easing into the idea of blockchain and web 
So Beijing has released a Web3 white paper to promote the industry's development, and the timing of the release is interesting. According to CEO of Binance, who noted Hong Kong's crypto rules come into effect next week. So this one has raised the eyebrows of CEO of Binance, and um, Beijing is China's capital. Um, and uh, the white paper dubbed Web3 Innovation and Development White Paper. So, this document states that Web3 tech is an inevitable trend for future internet industry development, according to the report from the local news outlet. So, yeah, Beijing has seen that uh, Web3 is an inevitable trend for the future of the industry. Of the internet industry yeah true and that being said is that it comes at an interesting time <laughs> it comes at an interesting time we know the west the western country the us they are trying to have uh, all crypto assets uh trading companies they are trying to have them under one framework and this framework has not been implemented till date. We cannot say that it has been implemented, but on the eastern side of the globe, we can see uh, now China is trying to show us that take back we take back our words that we stated back in 2021. Now here in 2023, we are having this Web3 and blockchain uh, white paper. These innovations, bring them along, show us what you have we need to have this technology because it is the next frontier in every bit financial bit gaming bit real estate bit every every part of this economic uh economical times of or the economical framework whatever you transacting it will be digital you're doing away with let's say the paperwork but now, with that being said, we can see that Binance CEO is saying that back in when the crypto space was too young, such sentiments were really, really having a very, very heavy impact on the crypto space. Once we had such a statement, you are obviously knowing that we have a bull run. But now we can see you having a bull run, it's not a financial advice. But let's say now we can say the blockchain and the crypto space is having a mass mass adoption in the East than we expected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you can read on that in the www.theblock.co. Uh, the US dollar dumping and freaks on dailyhodl.com and the crypto hater at cointelegraph.com now let's move on to the last segment for saving the best for last ledger ledger holds recovery services we talked about web 3 in hong kong and another centralized exchange goes down uh, let's see what happened with, with ledger the ledger those who don't know, Ledger is a, a wallet provider, a hardware wallet provider, where if you if you want a 
it's called a cold wallet rather than a custodial wallet. Ledger were kind of one of the biggest providers. Alongside um, other wallet providers, so if you are a whale, let me say a whale, or you don't like storing your assets in centralized exchanges or, or hot wallets like the mobile wallets, you could just buy a ledger wallet and s store your coins completely offline. So let's see what happened to ledger. Uh, this one is courtesy uh, of uh, Cointelegraph.com and CryptoBees. Yeah, now what Ledger has been experiencing in the back, back, like let's say a week or two, it has been having some community backlash because if, let's say, what we all know in the crypto space is that once you lose your seed phrase, you've lost your assets, right? But now what uh, Ledger key recovery service is proposing because it's saying that once you lose your seed phrase, it is one it can be retraced. That that raised an eyebrows for many people. It raised an eyebrow for many people because it shows that we cannot have like according to my own understanding, it's not like don't misquote me, people, don't misquote me. According to my own understanding is that once you lose your assets through losing your seed phrase, you cannot retrace them. But what Ledger is saying, you can easily trace it, but I don't I I don't see why. Why 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 you have to show us that you this seed phrase it is easily traceable. That means that you can retrace it from the back end source. Yeah, um, I, I was also baffled. How, how can you recover a seed phrase after, after completely losing it? Because the, the, the essence of having a cold wallet is uh, you're solely the one in control of your private keys. So if you lose yeah. them, they go forever. So it's like you burn the coins. But then now Ledger was saying they they have halted, uh, they have posed the recovery option. So I think this raised the eyebrows of many, not just ledger users, but uh, people who who have uh, like a very high knowledge about uh, security and crypto. So what happened, uh, the leading company says they are posing its recovery service to amid ongoing community backlash. So the ledger recover feature would allow users who lost their private and seed phrase to get it back via an optional function. And uh, earlier on, the ledger CEO, Pascal Gauthier, confirmed that private seed phrases of individuals using the services could in theory be handed over to governments if they were Sub, sub, sub one, sub one. So, uh, in response to concerns, the firm is accelerating efforts to open source most of its code base. 
including components of its operating system and ledger cover. Yeah, so now the community, the crypto community, wants the codebase to be open source so that it can be audited. So the reason for this is for transparency. Yeah, because yeah. if someone can uncover your seed phrase, it's, it's a kind of not entirely secure. So once the code base is open source and people audit it, uh, they gain the trust once, uh, once you and me see that everything is okay. Yeah, true, because if, if, if you of the security features of having a cold wallet, it, it clearly states that once you have your seed flesh lost, you cannot retrace your assets. And now Ledger saying that you can retrace your seed phrase. Okay, from my own side, uh, we need more transparency on that. We need more transparency on yeah, that. That's why they say they will open source the code. The code base. Yeah. True, true. And on the other side of happenings, you can see that we have a FTX 2.0. <laughs> yeah. For FTX 2.0. Uh, yeah, Ripple also acquires Pantera stake in BitSum. So digital payment network Ripple. They took a minority stake in the crypto exchange which um, the first quarter of 2023. So Ripple acquired shares previously owned by Pantera Capital in the US-based digital asset investment firm. Though it's unclear how much Ripple paid for the, for the acquisition or how the deal was structured. Yeah, it's not, it's not still clear. It's not still clear, but Ripple you know, Ripple is like a, we can say it's like a fiat digitally, a fiat digitally, yeah. But with that acquisition of the Bitstamp, yeah, it's something good for the space. Yeah, what are you saying about FTX 2.0? Yeah, the FTX 2.0 and we have the multi-chain and the world coin raising $115. Million. Okay, we yeah, fifteen million dollars. You know, of what the FTX one point did to the investors. Then you have the FTX two point Now, now we are here to tell you, DIYR before investing in such. That's DIYR before investing in such. Yeah, and on that note, there's another centralized exchange that buys the dust, Hotbit. So Hotbit announced it will close operations due to adverse, adverse business conditions. And as it's common amongst the centralized exchange collapses in recent months, the crypto firms mentioned uh, FTX, the ongoing banking system crisis, and even approvers reasons for its cash flow problems. Um, yeah. And even just on to touch on something on the ledger, just winding up on this last segment. The wallet provider ledger 
the company decided to postpone its controversial recovery service amid community backlash. The security re reputation is critical for a crypto wallet provider, but Ledger's dilemma may be beyond a public relation crisis. The recovery service was also a part of one subscription services, which could generate recurring revenue for the wallet provider. The feature is now postponed until most of its code is open sourced, says Ledger, just like we've discussed. The crypto community uh, don't they don't like the idea of, of, of the recovery service, so Ledger has post, postponed it and they're saying they open source most of the code so that it can be audited. Yeah, so that's, that was all that happened in the wide world uh, with three space last, last week. And uh, Emmanuel and I have talked about them. But now it's upon you to, to do your own search. And uh, just a disclaimer, none of this is a financial advice. None of this is a financial advice. Yes, Emmanuel, uh, is there something else you want to add? Uh, from my own side is that, as you stated it, DIYOR is the basic of any information that you want to save out. If you want to save out something good, do your own research because what we always know and what is out there is something way to, like, we can frame it, something that you can hear from one person and something that you can hear from another person. It can be not of the truth, but once you do your own research, you can know which, what is true and what is not true. But we are here to enlighten you and what is happening in the crypto space. And that's why we're always telling you to embrace all this acronym, DYOR, Dion Research. Yeah. It's really important. Uh, um, remember to, to follow us at DYOR underscore show uh, on Twitter. Um, now, the segments are also available in. Uh, in many uh, podcast shows, you can find me on Fountain, Fountain at DYOR show. So Fountain, Fountain kind of incentivizes the listeners with Satoshis. Satoshis make up Bitcoin, so you can earn some Satoshis by just listening to the show. You can find me on Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, you can also find the show on Google Podcasts and all the available uh, podcast uh, providers. You can also find Emmanuel on Twitter. He'll drop his handles. Where can we find you, Emmanuel? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter on Moguna underscore Emmanuel. Moguna underscore Emmanuel on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me on Emmanuel Moguna. And also on Medium, uh, under Imam Muguna. Yeah, those are my outlets. You can reach me out via my DM. You've got my number, but I won't be dropping off my number. But that's it for me. And happy turnings to everyone. And happy new week to everyone. Yeah, uh, goodbye, and uh, remember to do your own research.
Yeah, true. The OR is everything, and that's key. Goodbye. 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 See you.